This encore program for Fire on the Earth was chosen based on the request from many listeners. Ave Maria Radio and Renewal Ministries presents Fire on the Earth, a compelling look at the new evangelization through inspiring teachings, interviews, and testimonies. Welcome, friends. This is Peter Herbeck, your host, and we're here today again with special guest Rachel Herbeck, my daughter, who's here. And we began yesterday talking about fundamentally the love of God, but understanding, trying to lay hold of the deeper reality of what it means that God loves us and how much the Lord wants us to be able to know and experience that love, the dimensions of that love, that God delights in us, that God actually enjoys us, or as Rachel put it yesterday, that God actually likes us. And these kinds of things escape us, and there's a real battle to coming into that freedom. And it takes a commitment on our heart to be able to follow the Holy Spirit, to intentionally seek the help of the Holy Spirit each day and say, Holy Spirit, help renew my mind, help me renew my emotions, help me see what what you see, the love between the Father and the Son and how that's meant to impact my life. And so there's a great battle for that, especially discouraging times like the kind we're living in. But anyway, before I get too far off myself, I just want to welcome Rachel. Hi. Hi, welcome, welcome back. Well, Rach, why don't we pick up right there where we left off yesterday, mm-hmm. but I thought it might be helpful just to read a couple of passages, you know, and how... Yeah. God's word is living and active, and it's very powerful. Mm-hmm. And it's because the Holy Spirit co-wrote it, so to speak, yeah. inspired it. <laughs> and the Holy Spirit animates that word, and it has a power to cut to the core of our being, to our soul, to our spirit, and reveals to us kind of the realities of God, where we are at in relationship to God, but also how God loves us and how God knows us and these Mm -hmm. kinds of things. And so it's important, friends, to be able to take up the word of God, because we know, as St. Jerome said, and many people have repeated again and again, ignorance of scripture is ignorance of Christ. Ignorance of Christ means we don't understand it and we're not walking in his love for us and the living knowledge of him. And to see Jesus is to see the Father. So if we're not seeing Jesus, if we're not mm-hmm. really comprehending and coming into that relationship with Jesus, we're not going deeper in our relationship with the Father. Mm-hmm. And so that leaves us unarmed in the battles that we're here because we're so then susceptible to the lies of the enemy. But here's some some truth from God's word from Isaiah 62, verse 4 and 5. But you shall be called Hephzibah. This is a word that says, you know, for the Lord delights in you. As the bridegroom rejoices over the bride, so shall God rejoice over you. God delights in you. Mm -hmm. God rejoices over you. Now, this is a reality. This is a fundamental disposition of the heart of God for us. Mm -hmm. But rarely do we access that and live from that. But that's where the Lord wants to take us and show us how to get there. Yeah, and that that's the transforming. Even as you're reading that, I was thinking of Psalm I was reading Psalm forty five this morning and it's David's song for it's a wet it's described as a wedding song. And in Psalm forty five he said there's a part in the translation I was reading says, Leave behind your former life and your old attachments because the bridegroom is ravished by your beauty. Mm. You know, and I think and even even that connection of saying what actually enables us to grow and to do the quote unquote good behavior that we're talking about is that ultimate receiving of the reality that Jesus, the bridegroom delights in us, desires us, is longing for us, looks at us and thinks that we're beautiful, thinks that we're good, thinks that, you know, all of this different stuff, that how much that frees us up to then move away from our old attachments and are in the old man it's kind of it's what it's so much of what means to be renewed in the new man you know colossians 3 
10, you know, be renewed in the new man from the knowledge of the image of God, you know, the image of God that's now upon you. So like knowing his beauty and then he sees us as a reflection of his beauty. So as we read the scriptures, we're immersed in knowledge of his beauty and then we're able to receive that too. That's how God sees us and is our destiny, yeah. you know? And the father has sent his son, you know, we, we think everybody knows John three sixteen. for God so loved the world that he gave his only son, whoever believes in him would not die, but have everlasting life. So for God so loved us that he sent his son to reveal to us, not only to make a way home to the father, obviously mm-hmm. salvation, but to reveal to us the nature of the relationship that exists between the father and the son, mm-hmm. and that Jesus took on human flesh to help us understand that we can enter into the relationship that he has mm-hmm. as the son because he's making a way for us to be reunited to the father, to be able to see the father. So we see the relationship in Jesus and how much, how much the Lord enjoys and pursues us. Jesus talked about that. He showed that to us, how much he wants to extend his mercy to us. Mm-hmm. And he wants us to be able to experience that. And so if we don't have a living sense of that favor, and that disposition of God toward us. And we mm-hmm. mostly think, if you ask the question, you know, what does God think of me? You can say, well, you know, I mean, he has to love me. So, cause mm-hmm. God is love. So mm-hmm. he has to love me, but I don't think he likes me very much. And he's probably disappointed in me. Mm-hmm. And he, you know, he's either sad or he's mad or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is the kind of way we relate to God. Yeah. And you go back to what you were saying yesterday, we end up performing then because we're thinking about God in the wrong way because yeah. our mind is not renewed. Mm-hmm. And then an important piece of that is if we don't if we don't understand that God's actual heart toward us, it'll make a big difference in whether or not when we when we fall or when we face our own limits if we run to God or we run from God. Mm-hmm. You know, right. we want to run and hide like Adam and Eve in the garden yeah. in shame and all that. So mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, and what you're saying too is that reality of a believer, you know, even a sincere believer, and this was something too that was so convicting for me that I was reading about how a sincere believer who is, is unable to live in the confidence of God or the assurance, the assurance that they're enjoyed by God is unfruitful because all of the conversations then with God are trying to convince God of why he should actually like you or love you or you know you're going back into prayer and the first five minutes are oh i'm so sorry you know i'm I'm sorry that i did less prayer time yesterday or i'm sorry for this or i'm sorry for that or you know like it's always this striving when god really is saying i want you to come into this prayer time and i want to talk about us you know i want to be together but then the time with god then when i when i don't have assurance of who i am in him is actually spent subconsciously convincing him that I'm good or that I can do it or give me one more chance or let me try again or all the all of these different things because of the image I have of him. And that place for a believer is exactly where the enemy wants you to be because that's an ineffective believer. And that also leads to, to burnout and to spiritual boredom, you know, because it's not actually diving into the riches of who God is and what he's actually like in his personality. And when we don't begin to experience that, yeah, the spiritual life becomes dull. Not that it's all about being entertained, but it becomes dull. We're burnt out. We're just spending all of our time, like I said, striving and convincing God that he should love us, that he should like us. And that's exactly what the enemy wants. And so I think a lot of times I had to go through so many of the ways that I was thinking about myself and about my life and about my future and even about my choices that weren't good and kind of tear apart where have I said that God is saying this when it's actually 
not God. It's actually lies from the enemy. And so I think there's a lot of ways for us that we're thinking about God and ourselves. Like you even mentioned some, like God is disappointed in me, you know, and we can say, oh, that's a conviction from God to help me be better. But it's like God, God does not talk like that ever. It's not what his voice sounds like. So that's actually an accusation on God, a way that enemy accuses God and our hearts to get us to distrust God. And sometimes we don't even realize the difference between a voice of conviction from God and a voice of condemnation from the enemy. So we end up living in lies and accusation and we're chalking it up to how this is God. This is how God's talking to me. And it totally shuts down a whole place in our heart for being able to move forward in the spiritual life, you know, so then we're in this cycle of striving and discouragement. And we're like, how could you ever say that this is fun and enjoyable? Like this, this feels like all like the valley of tears and so hard, you know, where life is hard and they're suffering. But God wants to actually set us free from that and say, no, I want to distinguish between what is my voice and how I speak to you and what is the voice of the enemy? Because an ineffective believer that is trying to convince God of their value is exactly what the enemy wants. So good. And you think about who Jesus is and Jesus's relationship to the father and how he walked out, even though he was here coming, Jesus came to make war on the enemy, he came to bring down the kingdom of darkness. Jesus, we know that he suffered a great deal. You know, he was despised and rejected by men. There was a dimension of all that in his life mm-hmm. battling in this fallen world. But what's in the heart of Jesus was gladness, mm-hmm. was joy. You know, I was thinking of uh, Hebrews chapter 1, verse 9. It says, God has anointed you, that is Jesus, with the oil of gladness more than all your companions. Psalm 1611, you and I have talked about this one. In your presence is the fullness of joy, and in your right hand are pleasures forevermore. You know, mm-hmm. pleasures and joy and yeah. gladness is God's idea. Yeah. It's who God is. Uh-huh. And that was in Jesus. And God the Father, in saying the things he said about Jesus, he was taking that kind of delight and joy in his mm-hmm. son. And Jesus was living from that resource, even in the midst of rejection, being betrayed, being despised. And that was part of the strength for him. Mm-hmm. And that's dimensions of what love looked like right, yeah. and how he experienced love. Yeah. And I love that Psalm 16, because even earlier at the very beginning of that passage, I've been trying to read that Psalm every morning in my prayer time. I read a couple different translations each time. And one of the translations mm-hmm. of that first section um is David saying to God, you are my place of safety. You are my security. You are my place of safety. And even in a different place, he basically says, my life is secure in your hands. I'm dwelling in your right hand. My life is secure in your hands. And then he talks about, and the ple- so the pleasures of God, I'm going to experience the pleasures of God and the joy of God because I'm living from this place where I really know and believe like you are my security. You are my safety and I'm secure in that place. And I think me personally, we've talked about this. That's been the most personal, quote unquote, holiness transformation I've been able to have internally and in behavior is living out of this phase of saying, I never knew how secure the father could be mm-hmm. and how not not that we're focused on experience, but how secure the father could feel, mm-hmm. you know, in knowing and receiving that he likes me, that he loves me, that he delights in me. And just even when I fall, then that immediate almost like comfort of his grasp and his security. And that more than any type of striving has led me to change, you know, to say then out of that place of security, 
is those pleasures and those delights coming from that place of really believing like, God, you are my safety and my life is secure in your hands. You know, yeah, the unconditional love of the father. I mean, God is love and God is always expressing in the fullness of love. And we could we get ourselves, you know, the enemy can get us moving in the wrong direction in such a way we're living by a different storyline in our mind. So trying to live virtuously, trying to do the right thing. And, and I'm making progress. I'm starting to feel a little bit better about God and what God might think of me. And then all of a sudden I, I fall, I commit a sin. And immediately the enemy's there. Go, better go back all the way back to the beginning again. You did it again. And you, you miss the reality of like Teresa Blesu or the saints said, you know, when, when they fall, what they do is they run to the Lord. Mm-hmm. Lord, help me. Mm-hmm. And as a good priest friend of mine said to me once in confession, Peter, you're like the only one who's surprised by and shocked by your own yeah, sin. He goes, right. one thing you'll never hear God say to you is, Peter, I cannot believe you did that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm not encouraging us to remember, right. but we're looking at it the wrong way. Right. So Even the prodigal yeah. son, you know, the, the yeah. son says, I'm going to go back and say, I'll be a servant now. But what does the father do? He runs to yeah. meet the son, you yeah. know? In his sin and in his, yeah. His well, that's a good, let's take that up tomorrow. Let's take up the prodigal son story because it does reveal a lot about the heart of the father. Mm-hmm. And Jesus taught that story so that we would internalize that and see ourselves in uh, being re- re- recipients mm-hmm. of that passionate love by the father. Brothers and sisters, we're listening. Just want to know, let's ask the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, Jesus said that he would send you to us to reveal to us the truth about God's heart. God's love for us, for all those who are listening today, may that truth become a deeper reality. God bless you, friends. Each program of Fire on the Earth with Peter Herbeck can be downloaded at AveMariaRadio.net and RenewalMinistries.net. Fire on the Earth is a production of Ave Maria Radio. Friends, I'd like to offer you my new booklet, Receiving Fire. Jesus said, I have come to cast fire on the earth. Would that it were already ablaze. That fire is the purifying love that burns in the heart of Jesus a fire of grace for those who receive it, but a fire of judgment for those who refuse it. If you'd like a copy of this free booklet, call 1-800-282-4789 or contact us on the web at renewalministries.net slash FOE. That's renewalministries.net slash FOE.